You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week Podcast, episode 120, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe, Foo Comics, and Triptych Books. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick a Week Podcast, episode number 120. My name is Ron, and I'm here with... Josh. Connor. Hey! And we're from iFanboy.com, the newly christened iFanboy.com, the good ship iFanboy.com, and that's where we like to talk about comics. We read comics, we talk about them there on the site. Um, every week we read the stack of comics that come out, and one of us picks the best one of the week, and we de- deem it the pick of the week, the captain pick of the week of the good ship iFanboy, and then we come here on this podcast and talk about it. Um, but just to warn you, we're going to be talking about the comics that came out this past week. So if you haven't read your comics, we might ruin them for you or spoil them, <laughs> as some, as the netiquette says. Um, so if you haven't read your comics, press pause and come back after you read your comics uh, so you can take part in the fun. Um, but before we get into the pick of the week, we thought we'd take some time to address uh, some changes at, on the good ship I fanboy. <laughs> Kill that metaphor. <laughs> okay, sorry. Well, uh, and just and before we get into this, um, some of you might have heard this already uh, last week on last week's show, um, and we hope you enjoyed that. And, and, and bear bear with us as we talk about it now. <laughs> so, so what happened, guys? Apparently, I don't even know anymore. Apparently, it's much more difficult than we had uh, estimated. <laughs> this web- completely create a website from scratch uh, and then make it work. This web- and then and then. Have all sorts of people want to use it? This web thing isn't as easy as it seems. That's no. that, yeah, that's, that's that's what we're learning. So, um, but yeah, no. So we uh, so last oh God, what day was it? Monday, Tuesday. Monday? We launched it Tuesday, late early Tuesday, early Tuesday morning. We launched uh, iFanboy version three point um, the third version of our wonderful site. Um, complete brand new look and feel. Um, looks totally different. Um, should be a little easier to use and to find our information and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, we'll very shortly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also we added a, a, uh, a whole section dedicated to the week's comics. Uh, so now you can, you can come to iFanboy, you can register, create an account, and not only can you read and comment on the great co- uh, content that we have, like our new columns by Jonathan Hickman and Paul Dini, as well as you know, me, Connor, Josh writing, Gordon the intern writing, but now you can also go to ifanboy.com slash comics, and you can pick the comics you're going to buy each week, and then you can come back uh, after Wednesday, and you can rate them and review them. Um, and see what other people talked about, and it's been. I mean, I've been super psyched about the new site. I mean, are you? Can, guys- I, can I totally just say that, like, reading other people's reviews and seeing the ratings and seeing the polls, it's fascinating. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I'm a, and and people are writing great reviews. I mean, the thing is, the site before was like we would write a review once a week, yep. you know, and now there's so much other information there for people who who want to know, you know, about the books and each issue has its own conversation and thread about it and each of those reviews can too it's it's i've loved it yeah. i hope more people write more yeah it's been, it's been amazing just to see the the discussion about each comic happening on the thread for that comic and then to see all the you know the people from the i fan base writing their own reviews which is just awesome you know so um, you know, it, and then and then before i went to the store i exported my list and printed it yeah 
And I got, I, I was like, wow, this is really useful, like to me. And so I'm not, I'm not pitching it. I was like, this is, I love this. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, I think it came out great. And it, it, admittedly, there are some bugs, and we're working on them. And uh, we, we need to thank uh, a new member to the iFanboy team, Dave, um, who uh, did a lot of the coding and uh, the majority of the coding. Um, and he's, he's uh, did a bang up job, and he's been working on the bugs. And um, we definitely, he deserves a pat on the back from the iFanboy nation so um so definitely um without him this wouldn't have happened so <laughs> so thank you dave and um, uh so if you haven't been yet you you're you're all curious ron mentioned briefly we've got a couple of new features along with the comic section we have a weekly column from paul dini who's a writer you will know from batman the animated series and from countdown and detective from comics. detective comics and all kinds of things we also have a uh, every Thursday and every every other Wednesday, there's a column from Jonathan Hickman who wrote the Nightly News and is writing Pax Romana. He's got a couple other books coming out. Um, and he those really, have been really yeah, he really a big soccer fan. And those have been really interesting. I thought the first two were great. Um, in addition to those two, we have uh, which we'll be talking about later in this show is the new Book of the Month feature, which yep. in addition to the weekly pick of the week that we've been doing for for yeah, seven years or eight years, um, we are now going to pick a. a trade paperback or an omnibus or any kind of collected edition every month will be the book of the month and then we'll talk about it on the p- p- that podcast that particular week and we're going to talk about josh's first book of the month pick this week um a little bit later in the show but those are some of the new things we've got going we're going to add some new functionality later on um as we go but that's what you can go check out ifanboy.com we yeah. got a lot of stuff to look at yeah by no means are we done by no means are we are we stopping we're so you definitely got to keep coming to ifanboy and check out the new stuff as it rolls out we'll announce it as it happens but um so seriously if you listen to the show if you like what we're talking about comics and you want to take part in the conversation and you want to get involved go to ifanboy.com in the upper left hand corner you can hit register and you can create an account it's super easy and then you can you can start pulling your comics and you can get involved and you'll see how we we're gonna um we're gonna integrate that a little into the show too um so you know if you want to be involved in the podcast this is a great way to be involved so definitely have have more announcements planned for the future yes we do yes like we said we've been promising for the past year that you know all your donations and your support of us and all our advertiser support is going to pay off and 2008 is the year of ifanboy it's 2008 it's 2008 right yes in fact josh we have josh ron and i have an announcement to make on this show yes um uh josh you're out yep sorry that's the other change we're doing. You decided to do it live? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's got to be some sort of FCC rule about that. <laughs> but we figured we'd let you have one last pick up before you go out the door. So why don't, why don't we get, why don't we get to the pick? <laughs> before we bring Tom Caterson, um, <laughs> Josh, Josh had the pick of the week this week. Josh, take it away. Yeah. Me and Scotty Young are going to do a show. How about that? <laughs> it's just us arguing. All right, go, go. (laughs) My pick this week was Green Arrow and Black Canary number five. Um, It's important to note that this book received 180 pulls on iFanboy. Oh, God, we're doing that. (laughs) 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 It was the the number four book, according to iFanboy.com. So formulaic. Um, (laughs) I've got to say that, obviously, I had resisted buying this book, not because I thought it was bad. I was just like, no, you know, I'm not buying everything. Because you're a grump. (laughs) <laughs> so much room for input and yes but you keep saying you want good comics we always tell you about good comics and you always say eh. nah, I can't buy and another then, one and then four months later you start picking it up oh, no harm no foul <laughs> and then I get to do this and it gives me show content what's your problem dude <laughs> um, so uh, last month I had gone out I, I just 
I was in this shop looking for my books, and it was kind of light, and they had number four had just come out, and then behind it, they had number three and number one. They missed two, but I skipped it. I was fine. Um, and I read through them, and, you know, I was in tears by the end of four, so I was like, that was really good. So it came out this this week, um, and there's a lot of books that I was looking forward to this week. So This is a ridiculous was, week, by the way. I had, like, 20, yeah, 23 books. It was awful. Yeah. Uh, but I, honestly, it was not a tough choice for me. Um, and that is because uh, Judd Winnick here is just he's just hit his stride. I mean, he's just rolling and, and each book is written really well in issue form. I mean, it like you get to the end and you want more so badly. Like I want the next issue, but it's really fun for me to read in issues. And then furthermore, I was saying that I think, and I'm not sure with the possible exception of, uh, maybe Robin, uh, I think Ollie queen is probably my favorite character in the DC universe these days. And I'd say it's one of those two. Um, He's been this, this good for years. The whole Judd Winnick run has been... No, I know. I mean, it's, I know. it's better and better, but he's he's been, for me, one of the best characters in the DCU for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, it just... And there was, a, there was a fill-in artist on this issue, which is normally the, the, the tolling of Doom. And granted, it was not Amanda Connor as advertised on the cover for the yeah. solicitations. The, <laughs> that was a gut punch. Um, but, you know, it, it did the trick. This guy, uh, it, Coelho? It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't nearly as good as Cliff Chang. No, it and, wasn't. And, but and for me, and for me, I mean, like the story was really, really good. But I, this wouldn't have been my pick, uh, only because the the step back in the art was was too much for me to handle. Like it was just, it, I, I don't know. After after having four issues of Cliff Chang fantasticness, um, to go down to to this really, I think hurt the book more than more than helped it. So um, I think that it, it it, but it still managed to maintain the look and feel and pacing of of the Cliff Chang stuff, like the the way that the panels were laid out and sort of the very clean drawings and things like that. I thought the storytelling in it was very good um, for the most part. I thought some of the character designs, you know, were kind of silly, but they were going to the past, so it doesn't matter. One of the other things I liked is that there was a lot of flashback in this book, and for me, I'm not a huge... uh, I don't know a whole hell of a lot about Ollie Queen's past, but I thought it was a very succinct way of, um, you know, summing up a lot of the stuff that happened and why things are are like they are now. Um... I'd say if I had any complaints about this book, uh, there is a bit where, where you know, Ollie is sitting at Connor's bed. Who, and by the way, every shot of Connor, uh, by the way, that you spell with two N's uh, as opposed to our Connor, one N. Um, <laughs> uh, every shot of him is heartbreaking. Yeah. Yep. Like, like, or if you're like, or it could be comedic if you're completely heartless, but um, because he's just like eyes open, mouth drooped open, like looks like in a state of shock. Um, but uh, Dinah comes in and, and is like and wants to get married to Ollie again. Um, and I was like, wow, he sort of agreed to that awful fast, and then he was happy. I thought that uh, I thought that was well. I thought that was well done. The um, <laughs> the 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 whole marriage approach and keeping it quiet and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, no. Uh, but I do got to admit that like it's funny because I love and hate what Winnick is doing with this, with every issue ending with the cliffhanger. Yeah. You know, and it just like and like I I love it because I'm like ah, but I hate it because it's like I just can't take this roller coaster. You know, <laughs> well, the, thing, the thing about the book is that it really keeps you. I don't want to say this on the edge of your seat, but uh, I mean it really like it's very soap operatic. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean it very much so. It's not. It's even. It's all. It's almost melodramatic. Like it's really. It's like it's, it's, it's straight for your heartstrings kind of thing. And and could it be a comic book? It is. It's a very. I think it's a very classic sense. In a very classic sense, a traditional comic book, and that every issue is like, oh, oh, you know, there, there's. It's not. It's. It is decompressed like a modern comic book, but, you know, there isn't a hell of a lot of action in it either. So I can understand where people wouldn't really like that. 
Did you um, see the cover for next week's issue on the on the last page of the book? Coming out next week? I can't oh, no, I'm sorry. It. I'm sorry. Next month. <laughs> in the next issue. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a shot of uh, Black Canary on a motorcycle and Ollie on the back of the motorcycle shooting his bow. It's just like... Yeah. standing. I know. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> he, the only thing I, I said this to Connor, I was like, it basically... The, the basic plot is that Connor is still in a coma and uh, while they're away... Um, Clearly, uh, Black Canary is a scroll, by the way. While they're away, <laughs> uh, Connor's body is stolen. And and the last panel of the book, and I'm not ruining this for anybody, because if you were to read it, it would still have the same effect. And it's maybe the greatest panel I've read in a good long time. Uh, he just like turns to the camera and he's like, give me my damn bow. And you're like, yes! Pulling <laughs> <laughs> your fist up in the air. But like the thing is, they don't have any clues. Yeah. So who's he going to go shoot? Everyone. <laughs> Get the, no, that's what Connor was like. He'll hit everyone. Fine. Indiscriminately, just shooting. Um, I, re- I really like this. I think this is easily the best book of the week. Um, I think any comic that can elicit emotional response from you is is a good one. And this is mm-hmm. this has been doing that almost the entire way through. I love that they they did a nod back to the Green Arrow Year One. They brought that into the into the into the fold of the story. Yep. Um, I like that they showed that Ollie was a complete jackass. Even when he came back from the you know even, I mean before before when he first met Connor's mother, he was a complete jackass. Um, and that's it's always good to show that your hero has has had a journey. Um, what I find really interesting is nothing to do with this book. Is that we, the, the I fanboy community, because we're not the only ones that love this book. Seems to be the only community in the net that seems to like this book. <laughs> Everyone else uh, seems to hate it, but that's fine with me. I don't mind being in the minority. Um, there, there were a few comments in the thread that said, you know, like I I get this book's okay, but I don't love it. You know, maybe it's just not. For those people, but I don't get anyone to be like, this is terrible. Why would you like it? You know. Yeah. But I guess that's what you're saying. Other people, yeah, other people in that hate it. Um, uh, I, I think it's. I think the characterization is obviously spot on. I love the fact that he brings in all the other communities, and it feels like it's a whole big superhero family. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this. Traditionally, Batman and, and Green Arrow have had a sort of friendship role that hasn't been played up enough. I think, and I like the fact that he keeps popping up in this book. Because they are super similar, and not just from the backgrounds of the character, the main characters, but they've got their, their sidekicks and the, the yeah. whole non-powered role. Um, I like that he keeps showing up. That's good. I like that Hal keeps showing up. That's also good. Um, I think I can't. I mean, I, I I was disappointed by the art. I was disappointed that it wasn't Amanda Connor filling in. But I thought this guy did a good job. Oh, the only problem I had was I thought Doctor Midnight was Red Robin for a second. I was right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is he doing here? Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I I love this. I mean, this 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 like Josh Josh said, the ending is he amped up the the pacing. You you start racing to the last page. You get to the last page. You go yeah. I don't know what I'm yang, but it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> it, it was good. It was it wouldn't it wouldn't have been my pick, but it was good. Well, purely only because of the volume that I had and there was other stuff. But it was it's still it's just a consistently good. You know, it's one of the best comics I'm reading right now. So just so Cliff, Cliff, for, uh, Cliff Cliff Chang, come back, please. Well, I think I think he from what I see, he needs like a month off after four or something. Yeah, yeah. which is fine if, as long as it's filling our time. Yeah, you know he had a lot of nice pages. The Superman page with the wedding. Yeah, it was a nice page. The page uh, with the third page where they're in the bed or when Connor's in the bed and it's sort of from overhead. You know, it. it she told the story. All right. Cool. <laughs> so speaking of story, um, new Avengers, <laughs> new Avengers number thirty-eight. Whew. Uh, <laughs> Drink uh, if uh, Miss Mar- Marvel lets the Avengers go. <laughs> yeah. How about 
22 pages of an argument between a couple that's really sort of painful and awful because you like both of them. Oh, God. It's like watching your parents fight. It's just... <laughs> well, it's, again, it's important that this was the number one book that was pulled on the site this week, um, which I thought was really interesting. Um, um, but, yeah, so this is the issue where um, Jessica Jones has now... She's taken the baby and went to Avengers Tower to register and to protect her baby. And Luke figures it out, and they have a huge argument. Um, from the phone and on the street, and then um, and then Miss Marvel comes and lets Luke go again. <laughs> again, again. <laughs> this is what the third time, fourth time <laughs> in the last three issues in a row. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I I know what I was. This is, we should note that this is the Michael Gatos does the art. Uh, this is the return of the Alias Creative Team for a Jessica Jones centric issue. Uh, that was beautiful. Uh, I didn't. It was excellently crafted. It was well done, written and story wise. I didn't like this simply because now I find myself disliking Jessica Jones. Yeah, well, I mean, I she's she's dropped down like four or five notches in my book because of what she did this, which is you know great story wise. I just had a real affection for the character now that a lot of that has been washed away by this issue. That's sort of similar to the loss of affection that a lot of people have had for Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. similar. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. See, because I I would I would have said like. I don't like the choice she made, I guess, uh, for her, but I completely understand it, right. and I think that it's justified from a character standpoint. I mean, to me, it seemed completely realistic. The other thing that I thought seemed completely realistic about this is that, um, you know, I've got this, this, this must be based on some real conversations the dude's had with his wife. Because there are certain things in relationships that happen where you get to an impasse, and it's really hard to come up with a solution for it. You know, but that that was really that seemed very realistic to me, um, and it really like I, I don't know what the best course of action for all these people should be. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if I could take that leap. I th- I think it was very realistic. I think it was very well scripted, but uh, well, not um, his, but like yeah. it was it rooted in in like it felt like a real. Oh yeah, well, what I, what I thought was really interesting was that this was a real kind of family drama that happens to take place amongst people who are superheroes. Yeah. You know, and like, and like, the thing is that if if Miss Marvel and the uh, and the Mighty Avengers didn't show up, like, and and it was just them arguing this whole thing, like that issue, I mean, that w- it would have been Alias, basically. <laughs> um, it pretty much. Was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but um, I don't know. I thought it was. I, I mean, I thought it was good. I thought it was really, really good. It was just painful. It was a punch in the gut. I wonder if this could have been the annual. That's just me, though. Um, You're uh, all confused about that. I am. <laughs> it would be a good. I think it would be a good one shot out yeah. of the regular series thing, but yeah. I don't think it's an annual. Yeah, yeah. But, this, this is a story I mean, he's telling, though. This is like he's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought this stuff with the rest of the team with the te- with the apartment with Danny Rand is really funny. Yeah. Um, I noticed uh, that uh, Hawkeye's getting his snarky back. Yes, he is. Yeah. I'd like him to be out of this dumb costume, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm going down on record for that. Also, <laughs> Natasha's hair is weird. Yes, yeah, that was weird. I think that was more Gatiss than... than well, that's Gatiss. I mean, yeah. she's got long, flowing hair in Captain America. It's just yeah. a big oh, problem. Yeah. She looks like a um, German swimmer in this one. Yeah. So they've closed... At the end of the episode... The episode, the end of the issue, closed up on the baby's eyes again, which... Yeah. Babies are scrolling. They're either fucking with us or... <laughs> Something or she's a scroll. Jessica and the baby are scrolls. Yeah. Oh god. Anyway. I don't know. It was. It was. I had mixed feelings about this. I really, really liked it. In one hand, the other hand, I really, really didn't like it. So that's yeah. basically why. Like, I did think which about is why this it was such a good writing. I mean, that's yeah. that's. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it, it soured my. Like she's off my te- my top seven team now. The team that I picked last week, she's done. So wow. <laughs> she's out. <laughs> one decision with Connor, and you are <laughs> you're I mean, out. 
So, um, cool, yeah. Well, and another big release for Marvel was uh, Fantastic Four number 554. Uh, this one snuck up on me. I didn't realize this was coming out this week. Yeah. I didn't either. Yep. Um, so what'd you think, guys? Um, I don't this know. Is big re- this is the big, let's just quickly tell people what it is. It's, it's Mark Millar and Brian Hitch, the team from uh, Ultimates, taking over the Marvel U Fantastic Four team. So this yeah. is what it is. And... Um, and it, it's it, and this also marks the approach of trying to bring back Fantastic Four as the world's greatest uh, comic magazine, not actually comic book type thing. So we got the well. One thing they did they did we can tell from our website is they brought a lot of people back to it. Yeah, I mean, they, this was yeah. like the top top number three pulled most pulled book of the week. Yeah, I totally. Mean, when Fantastic Four hasn't been a top selling book in forever, and people people have liked it. I thought I thought I it was, really loved it. Yeah, I I really liked it too. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was interesting because it seems like and and I'm coming off of reading finally reading the Wade uh, Waringo run, which is yep. a similar kind of a big team coming on and like the same kind of like kind of introduction where it's like okay we're forgetting about the the previous issue and we're just picking up from some wacky adventure and you know and something's going on with the Human Torch doing something irresponsible and and it had it had all the hallmarks of the good Fantastic Four but it felt more to me it just felt more modern. Um, yeah. And I thought I thought less from the story wise and more from the um, from the art and the uh, the approach to it. Did you notice there are no black borders? Yeah, it's, it's all it wh- it's all white borders. Yeah, which I thought was really interesting and like almost very, um, you know, like I, I don't know. I mean, I don't like know. A magazine layout more. Yeah, almost. Yeah, you know. And so it just it just felt very different and it felt really engaging to me. So I don't know. I liked that the it started off with big crazy science idea and that yep. sort of went through the whole book. And Fantastic Four should be about big crazy science ideas. Yep. It should be more of a science fiction book than anything else. I like that uh, the, the team, the dynamics were good. Um, I know some people didn't like the fact that Johnny Storm seems to be from the movie, but I didn't really care. I, I like I like that. I don't really read the book, so That's part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. Um, I love this. You know, this is the perfect book for Brian Hitch to draw huge, sprawling two-page science spreads of lots of machines. There was that one shot of the the New Earth. Yep, double spread that was just fantastic, and I, I think. I'm really excited for this. I always want to like the Fantastic Four. I always try them out whenever a big team jumps on. I always get bored with it eventually, but I, I really am engaged in this one. I'm really looking forward to the next one. I really was happy about this. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. I, I, it, to me, felt like the Fantastic Four, which is sort of a team I've kind of never been interested in. Yeah. So, I mean, while I think it was good, I, I don't think I'm going to read it because... I don't know. I just don't. Care. So, science. so we'll, we'll tune back. We'll tune back in four issues when you pick it back up. <laughs> well, no, you know what? <laughs> this is um, this is a very traditional comic book in the sense of you know, like the subject matter and the thing, and, and and a lot of people really like that. But this is very opposite of the stuff we just talked about: New Avengers and uh, you know um, Black Canary, Green Arrow, which are very modern in their subject matter because there's basically relationships and people talking with each other and whereas this was like the big concept blow you away with a page kind of thing yeah which is not really that's... and that no that's totally fine that's what it is though you know like and i'm not really so into that from a yeah all right well and also miller uh he always disappoints me i don't <laughs> there's no but like there's been a few things that i liked but as a whole i also find i don't like his stuff when i read it in issues because he's very like showy, I guess. Like he's trying to do big things on all the pages, and it comes off to me as trying too hard a lot of times. But a lot of people like him. I just never do. Right. All right. Well, we got a lot, we got a lot to get through. So let's let's hammer. Let's press on. Um. So my pick, my pick of the week would have been um, Fantastic Comics number twenty four from Image Comics. And have you, either of you guys did either of you guys heard of the next issue project from Image? Yeah. Do, you, do you know what they're doing here? 
Yes. Uh, it, and so basically what it is is that they found a bunch of Golden Age comics that were in the public domain and basically never – like the series stopped. So for example, Fantastic Comics in the 40s stopped at issue number 23. So what they did was they took – they got a bunch of modern-day creators and basically did the next issue of that line of comics, <laughs> which is a pretty cool idea. Um, so Fantastic Comics number 24, it's five ninety nine, but it's 64 pages. There are nine stories in the book, and it's actually oversized. It's the size of like um, – remember when 8-Ball was coming out kind of oversized Yep. Uh, a few years ago? Yeah, so it's that size. Um, the lead story is a Samson story by Eric Larson. Then there's a um, then there's a story by, by Joe Casey and Bill Sienkiewicz. Um Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> then there's a very Prince Caspian esque story um, uh, by I forget the name of the, the creator by Thomas Yeats. Um, Ashley Wood did a story. B. Clay Moore wrote a prose story. Um, uh, Tom Scioli from Godland, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, did a did a kind of sci-fi story. Um, uh, uh, Fred Hembeck did two pages. I mean, like it's just like you know, you know, name after name after name. Jim Rugg did a fantastic uh, Captain Kid kind of like do you remember yeah. those? You remember those like his, like historical kind of you know, realistic comics from the forties? You know, Jim Rugg did uh, the Plain Jane's. Uh, Plain Jane's with Cecil Castellucci from yes, yeah, right, exactly. So. Um, so this was just uh, as uh, uh, Mike Allred and uh, Joe Keating did a story. Um, it was just like you know, like it, it's just nine pack stories by great creators, and it was just for me. It was the most fun I had reading a book this week. Um, it took me maybe about a couple hours to get through it all, like just because I was just I was absorbing every page. I read it twice already. Like it was just. I mean, admittedly, you've got to have an affection for Golden Age comics and affection for comic books in general. Um, but yeah, it was just. I mean, this is the f- the first one out of the gate. They're going to do a bunch more of these issues, and it, and if this is the if this is the indication of what it's going to be like, then I'm on board for every one because they just like look, look so much fun. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. So it's, it's really like a return to anthology comics. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. So it's idea. It's a return to anthology comics, but um, like because I don't I don't know a fantastic because also if you in the golden age a lot of the stories were a lot shorter. You know, there were only like eight pages or twelve pages or whatever. Issues very often stored anthologies. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's similar. Yeah, so it's it's carrying that through. Um, and it and it honestly, it covers the gamut of like you know, like I said, like a Prince Caspian kind of fantasy story to a science fiction story to a realistic kind of adventure story. Um, you know, the Samson story is um, is somewhat you know superhero-y of the '40s at least, where it's a uh, uh, this guy named Samson, big long flowing bl- blonde hair, and his sidekick gets taken away from him and put into a school and, and in an orphanage and then they get attacked and the sidekick comes and saves the day and he, the Samson becomes his, he gets to adopt him you know like it's very kind of kitschy kind of 40s kind of thing but it's but it works and and they really took attention to the detail in the production to like there are printing errors um, you know like sometimes the color shifts a little so it's a little off so it really looks like it's from the 40s um, the, pa- the paper paper stock is really heavy um, which I don't think is a indication of the 40s but it just uh, it really makes Makes this, you know, like a, it feels like a special book, and they've interspersed a bunch of old um, ads from the old comics. So I don't know. It just it, it's for as a comic lover, this is a lot of fun to read. So um, if you if you saw it and you didn't know what it was, I would go check at least check it out. So that was my pick of the week, baby. Uh, uh, it seems like every time Booster Gold comes out, we talk about it. <laughs> it's true. It's because it's awesome. <laughs> It's totally awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so this this was the uh, Booster Gold issue number zero, 
which is supposed to be a zero crisis tie-in, which it is. But I really was hoping for the zero, the zero, no, zero hour. I'm sorry, zero hour. The, yeah. I was really hoping for the zero hour cover treatment, but I guess they couldn't go that. <laughs> they couldn't go that far. <laughs> so I think I thought Ron, you'd be excited for this because it's like pure booster gold blue beetle action. Oh yeah, it was great. It was um, awesome. They're they're clearly setting us up for a horrible punch in the stomach when this all is over. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this is part one of probably four or whatever it's going to be, and it's and you you know, Booster Blue Beetle's still around. They've got the te- he's fully teamed up with uh, Booster Gold now, and now it's just going to be awful when it ends. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things. I wish they just hadn't brought him back. <laughs> <laughs> it just it's going to hurt a lot. <laughs> um, but in this one, uh, you know, they, they more time stream adventures. That they're with all the Blue Beetles. There's clearly something. Something interesting must be happening with this future Blue Beetle. He must be somebody we know. Yeah, yeah. Or just or descendant of somebody we know. It's just too mysterious, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. But uh, they go into the future to and uh, just it's there's a lot of heartbreak in this book, and you can just see it in the, under the surface. And they try, you know, you get to watch Booster Gold screw up his life, but but he does and he doesn't because he it leads him to become Booster Gold. So it's like it's tough. Um, they fight Hal Jordan when he was evil. It's, it's just it, this is like. Everything good and fun about big adventure comics is in this comic here. Yeah. And it combines Jeff Johns as a master of being able to take desperate continuity things and throw them all together into a story that makes sense. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> he, he's, an, he's honestly, he's an idiot savant in that sense. Yeah. He's the, because he's the only guy who can do it, and he doesn't really make it look that hard. Yeah. No. <laughs> it, it's, it's astounding. You wonder why other people can't do it simply because he must be the only one. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cool. And Dan Jurgens is getting better, I think, with every issue. Uh, really, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was just out of practice. Well, I, 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 I don't think we need. I don't. I, I mean, the, the the art is being finished by Norm Rapman, so I don't know what the balance between the two is. Like, what you know, whether it's Rapman's presence or not, you know. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. The art is the artist. Really the artist getting better with every issue. Yep, so over the last few few ten years, um, every time I saw Jurgens art, it seemed to be like looser and looser. Like he was just kind of putting less effort into it. Yeah, and this is really tight. So maybe here he's like maybe he's energized. You know he's you know before it was work and now he's like you know what let's do it. Oh, he's, he's on a pretty big book. He's on a well received book. He's writing a char- drawing a character he co- created. So yep. pure yeah. speculation on my part. I Absolutely purely. Um, uh, so you're on the website uh, ifanboy.com and you print out your 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 list of the comics that you want for the week. Uh, and you want to go to a shop. If you're in New York City, uh, you, you could do worse than to go to Jim Haley's Universe. It's one of the most uh, Good comic books, best or progressive, uh, in in anywhere. But uh, they've got the best selection of comic titles and related merchandise, toys, statues, T-shirts, just can everything. Uh, and uh, they have it all. So if you're in New York City, you must go there. Uh, and then if you're on Staten Island because you just missed New York City, you could go to their store at 325 New Dorp Lane. Or, if, again, if you're in Manhattan, it's just uh, South Empire State Building on 33rd Street between 5th and 6th. Um, if you get there, let them know that iFanboy sent you um, and that you appreciate them sponsoring the show because we certainly do because they've helped make a lot of this stuff possible. Um, yep. You can visit their website at jhuniverse.com or MySpace uh, slash Jim Hanley's Universe. That's uh, where art and literature meet, and we want to thank them again for all their support. Yay. So. Astro City, the beauty special, uh. um, was creepy. <laughs> 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 um, so it, it was funny because there was a, a bit of a debate in the iFanboy offices earlier in the week because Connor 
kept the, thought this was a was there an Astro City series? Did I miss an issue or something? And so because well, it was Marcus number two, right? Yeah, it was because I think it's the second special they've special, done like yeah, this. I figured yeah, that so. out when I got to the store. So yeah, it's yeah, it, yeah. nothing on the cover about it being a number two. Yeah, no, but um, it's an oversized issue. Um, it was, I mean, it was at least forty-eight pages, if not more. Right? I mean, it was thick. It was, thick. It was yeah. thick. It's a yeah. thick one. Um, I love Astro City, and um. I love that they're, you know, it, the the background of Astro City allows them to do things like this where they can do like those the story arcs like they've been doing or they can just focus on one character from the great, you know, kind of tapestry of characters that B6 created. Um, and this one focused on the Barbie looking like a superheroine called Beauty. Um, and it, it was creepy, but it was good. I loved it. It was great. I, th- I thought it was really, really good. These Astro City never disappoints in my book, so. I actually would say that this is probably my least favorite Astro City story in a while. Um, oh, well, I like I the it's way better than minis. Yeah, it's, no, been, it's well, been better than the Dark Age. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah. Get, we, actually, part of that, I don't think the writing was bad. Um, I, I, I don't know what's. Remember, we were just talking about Dan Jurgens. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, Brent Anderson is really like either rushed through this or something. But I think there's some really not great art in this. Um, and maybe I, I don't know why, but there was just I, I didn't love that part of it. Um, I thought the flashback parts were really nice looking. The sort of sketchy pencil-y things. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that like there were some really great lines and like the thing where when men approach her and she says I have ferrous aluminum skin or whatever yeah, it is she yeah. <laughs> no genitalia uh, <laughs> no, it's good I, it makes me wish that um I, I know what you're saying because I don't really I haven't loved those sort of long arcs the dark age things but either way I wish that they would just get back to just do it straight in order make this Astro City forty two yeah. and forty three well I whatever. think the schedule is is the problem there so no, I know that but people even, are more willing to to wait on another mini than they are to wait for the next issue of a mini series to take yeah. that's you know yeah because trust yeah. me when when they were doing it in issues and then they hit that 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 the dip in the early two thousands when Busick got sick remember how I'm like painful it was waiting for the next issue you know yeah, so I don't know. But uh, uh, anyway. big week so for Jason Aaron. Yeah, huge. Uh, the the critically acclaimed and fanboy writer, favorite writer of Scalped, had two issues out this week: Wolverine sixty two and Ghost Rider twenty. And last week on the show, I said there was no way I was buying Ghost Rider, and then I bought Ghost Rider. <laughs> and so, are you going to continue to buy Ghost Rider? Yes, Ghost Rider. <laughs> they were both really good. Um, Wolverine, I, I thought. I, I don't know if I can't even pick a better one. Wolverine was really good because of the Ron Garney art. Yeah, and oh. because I totally was fooled by the twist that everybody seemed to be fooled by except for yeah. probably Ron. Um, <laughs> but I totally bought into the the, the, the middle part that yeah. supposed to throw the reader off. I totally did. And I, I was like, what? That's not good. No, uh, oh, yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Um, and then Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider was kind of like a hor- straight up sort of horror book with the elements of Supernatural thrown into it. Kind of like, um, it's almost like a Vertigo book in terms of bad, evil angels and and. Johnny Blaze going to go after fighting angels, and it was really, really good. I actually really liked the art in Ghost Rider a lot. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I really did. I mean, at first I was like, "Oh, I don't know about this," but that, by the end of the issue, I was like, "Wow, I really like this. I really, I'm really digging it." So, um, so yeah, cool. Ghost Rider felt like a Vertigo book. I don't, it, yeah. I don't know why. Uh, it felt to me like a very classic comic book with a with a, a mod, like it felt like a '70s comic book, but with like slightly updated sensibilities, I guess. Yeah. To me. I thought it was really. I thought they were both really well done. I will probably keep reading Wolverine. I'm not terribly interested in reading Ghost Rider, but I thought they were both really good. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, Ron Garney's guard was fantastic. Ron, yeah, yes. it was great. Ron Garney. Oh, it was so good. So, 
Yeah, and I, 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 and I and I, I love I love the historical aspect. Whenever they go in the flashbacks and they show, you know, and like the the again like the history of characters and and the thing is is that like what what he did in Wolverine fit in with what's been going on and made reference to it, but it also stands on its own. So yeah, so it was, actually it was, I should say I haven't been following either of these books or know anything about either of their characters, and they're both completely good jumping on points. So if you're car- curious, yeah, uh, probably a really good place to start. Yeah, um, a good place not to start would be X Force X Force number one. I, I heard that was awful. Oh my god! I was screaming while I was reading it. I was literally screaming. <laughs> well, because number number one was that was that I the uh, I, I mean I don't know. Say what you will, Clayton Crane. I do not need his art ever again to cross my eyes ever again. Um, it, it just it's it's not. I don't like the style. I don't like the way the painted look. I don't. I just don't like it. Um, he also does a really annoying thing with Wolverine's mask, where it like kind of cuts in. Like, I don't know, it's just weird. But um, it just was, I mean, and little things, and, like, I know it's a nitpick, but, like, you know, they had um, they had Warpath uh, burying uh, Caliban. I need a picture of him with Cable and Caliban and, and Richter and stuff like from the X-Force days. And it was the Caliban, how Caliban recently looked, not how he looked like when he was on that team. Because he was like he was like he was uh, you know his his he was um, what's the word I'm looking for like visually affected by mask and then by apocalypse and stuff like that the character has evolved so it's like to me that's just like laziness continuity wise I know say what you will about continuity but for me that just set me off but no, that, I mean if you're gonna be flashing yeah. back you should character should look right right, right and, and it looked it looked wrong and then the other thing was that a lot of the characterizations were just. I, I just – it just wasn't – I mean from Cyclops to Wolverine to Warpath to, you know, like it just – it just didn't – it didn't feel right. I know what they're trying to do with like this, you know, kind of dark ops, X-Force, you know, kind of, you know, wet works kind of team. But like I just don't like the tone and I don't, I don't like the approach. It's not what, you know – yeah, it's not what I like about the X-Men. So, you know, you can be proactive but you don't have to be, you know, kind of, you know, um, killers basically. So. Who were the writers? Uh, it's uh, the new X-Men team. It's uh, Craig Kyle and Chris Yost. Um, who normally do pretty good, but this is just so off the mark and it wasn't even funny. So it's not even funny. Um, but what was very on- serious business? Yeah, but what was on the mark was Captain Marvel number three, which um, I'm still loving this issue, this this series. Um, Lee Weeks, Wasn't there a big reveal in this one? There was a huge reveal at the end. Well, basically, what happens is is that the whole issue is kind of hinged around a, a moment when. Um, Captain Marvel and Tony Stark are attacked by what seems like Kree, Kree warriors, but turns out they're all Skrulls. Um, and so then, for some reason, um, Captain Marvel goes and um, into the into the uh, you know the negative zone prison to question uh, Cobalt Man, and um, he starts yelling at him because he you know Captain Marvel now is is sniffing out this scroll kind of invasion, and he's yelling at at Cobalt Man saying you're not Cobalt Man. He's like you're a scroll, you know, and Cobalt Man's laughing at him. And Cobalt Man just starts laughing, and he says, "You know, like he's like he's like, w- you tell me what's going on." And he, and he Cobalt Man says, "You tell me. You're a big part of the plan, after all." And then Cobalt Man turns into a scroll and says, "And you're not Captain Marvel." That's so he's a scroll. Yeah. So that's what that's what the insinuation is. So we'll see what happens. But it was a big. It was uh, any time. Now it's the point where anytime you, it's very similar to Battlestar Galactica, where anytime you see a scroll, you go, "Oh shit!" You know, like uh, yeah. So it's it's. I don't know. It was a lot of fun. It was really good. I wonder how long that's going to be fun. Yeah. So. Eventually, there's going to be too many threads to follow. But I appreciate your Captain Marvel. Uh, I'd rather. I'd, I'm fine with the short synopsis from you. Peter. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, and it was, and the art is beautiful. Lee Weeks and Steph- Stefano Guadagnino are doing great on the art, so it's really good. So, so that's was a big that, uh, Marvel week. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Of, a lot of big Marvel books this week. Yeah. 
And listen, like that's all the books that we're talking about on the show this week, but uh, there's now a lot more reviews. We wrote some reviews for stuff that we didn't get to cover on the show. Yep. Other people are writing reviews, so if there's more books that you want about, check, go to the site. Go go there. We yeah, can't def- recommend more. Go to iFanboy.com. And also, um, so you, you go to iFanboy.com, you can do your pull list or whatever. There's also a great another website that, um, that friends of the show called FooComics.com. Um, which is a website that allows stores to kind of manage their subscriptions and things like that. It's a great companion piece to what we've been doing on iFanboy.com. So um, if you want to help your store owner kind of manage their, their subscriptions and orders and that sort of thing, um, tell them to go, to go over to foocomics.com forward slash iFanboy. Um, it's completely free. It's, it was done by comic collectors. Um, so he kind of knows what stores are looking for um, and what he would want out of it. And it's a great way to kind of manage your, your subscription. You know, so you come to iFanboy, do your pulls, create your pull list, and then you know, have your store owner use Foocomics to kind of manage manage their orders so head over to foodcomics.com forward slash ifanboy and we thank them for their support very much so uh and now the inaugural book of the month uh feature i believe it's it's time for. are we gonna are we gonna have theme music or uh no okay no. i mean unless one of you like mouth something <laughs> no um so i uh i had the the first the first call and i i went with um godland celestial edition book one um godland is a book that i had meant to um check out for a long time in issues and I, I didn't get to and then I did read through the first I, re- I read through the first trade and I kind of liked it um, and then I, <laughs> no, I, I just was like it was in the middle of a bunch of stuff and I was kind of reading through it um, and I liked it but it, it kind of dropped away and then I, I sort of I don't know I found myself wanting to read the book again and this beautiful book comes out the, uh, I mean the, the actual edition. I'm telling you, the, uh, the, any way to get any of us to read a book is to reprint it oversized. Yep. Um, <laughs> and and it, like, there's certain books that really, uh, really lend themselves to uh, this kind of production, yeah. and this is definitely one of them. Um, what is it? What does it um, encapsulate? This big, this big size version. Uh, it's the fir- like it's basically the first season. He does it in seasons. He takes a little time off. When I say he, uh, the creators are, are Joe Casey writing and uh, Tom uh, Scioli uh, drawing, uh, doing the art. Um, and the first season was twelve issues. Um, so this is basically the first sort of you get introduced to Adam Archer, who is a cosmic powered superhero. He was an astronaut on Mars, and he and everyone else was killed, and he ended up imbued with this power. And and it's just, I mean, like that is such a simple explanation, and doesn't even cover what the hell this book is, <laughs> because it is crazy. Basically, this is a return to the really out there cosmic fantasy kind of '60s Marvel comics. Jack Kirby. Well, it, it so looks like it. I haven't read it, um, well, but. The pages you posted on the review, I was like, you know, it's it's basically Jack Kirby style comics. You no, know, it really is, and and I, if you'll remember, long time ago, I poked some fun at Joe about that, um, <laughs> but I, I don't mean it because this was awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I knew this book existed. I, I, I Admittedly, I dismissed it as the, oh, we're just doing the Kirby thing or whatever. Um, and then actually, Josh, you got it for me for Christmas after you read it and said it was great and said I, I needed to read it. And I started reading it, and I just couldn't put it down. I thought it, it, it flowed so well. I thought it the, the Kirby style is a style. And, and Tom and especially after seeing Tom Shelley's work in Fantastic Comics this week, that's not how he draws. He's drawing in that style. So he's you know making the fingers a little more square, and he's doing that that kind of thing. But it but it all works. The Kirby dots are there. The big kind of cosmic kind of you know big you know mallets and and machines and all that kind of stuff are there. And but it also has this weird 
Joe Casey wit to it. You know, a little what, cynicism. Yeah, a little cynicism and a little kind of self awareness and a little kind of you know like I mean poking fun at while he's doing it and like I don't know. There's something about it that just feels really special. And like also what I thought is that it, it's been it was written in issues and collected in this volume. I thought it read great in the individual issues as chapters. Um, yes, it I didn't. Did. Yeah, I thought that. So like I want to. I'm gonna start buying this in issue form. Um, but. Um, it, it was just it, – it was a blast to read and it was funny because uh, I was talking about it to a friend of mine and he was, he was like he's convinced that Joe must be tripping on acid every time he writes it because it's just, <laughs> it just so far out there, you know. <laughs> but um, it, it, was, it was just – it's a great book and it's a great book to have in this huge hardcover edition. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's actually kind of hard to explain because you just <laughs> – there's a thing there that like on the surface, it's a superhero comic book. Um, and then, and then on another surface, it's sort of like a nostalgia book, but it's none of these things. Yep. It's a combination of all of these different things. And what I'm realizing is, I wrote this in my written review, which was I was probably going to go in a little more detail than this will, is that what I'm seeing from Joe Casey a lot is that he does nostalgia books that aren't bad. Right. Well, they're I mean, like, like they're like nostalgia books with a modern sensibility. Right. Yeah. Like so, if you look at uh, we were talking about Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the Avengers uh, series that he did last year. Which was like the best of oh, so late, good. late seventies, early eighties, eighties Avengers, and it was all the things that were good about that, but none of the things that make that into a, um, I guess an, an anachronism. Yep. And then now he's got Iron Man Enter the Mandarin going on, which is like classic most, Iron Man, the most fun Iron Man book I've read in forever. Easily yeah. <laughs> ever uh, again with like he always manages to get great artists. Like he's got Eric Kennedy on that. Yep. Um, and then and then this book is just. It's just it's big. It's big in every way, and it's called the oh, Celestial yeah. Edition. It's a Godland, and it must page. be good because I'm shocked. This is, on paper, you shouldn't hate. You should hate this book. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. Yeah, and that is why you know that that's the thing about it. Like, and that's why I think that the first time I read through the trade, I I was probably defense not defensive, but I was just sort of a little dismissive beforehand. So when I went through and I read this one, I went in with more of an open mind, and I just found myself totally getting swept away with it and having fun with it um because it does have that that little that little cynical edge that that gives me the modern sensibility that i like to have in my comics right but at the same time is mixing it with just huge just huge concepts and big in the you know everything's just big it's just a big book um and it's kind of a crime that this isn't i feel like this should be getting more play and i'd really like to see if people go pick out you don't have to necessarily go buy this big big edition that's like 35 bucks list but you know go find i bet you can find the back issues you can buy the trades or whatever yeah i'd like to see more people think about it yeah totally so totally. so it's basically uh you know there's a superhero and there's a villain there's a fight i mean it's not like it's uh I mean, no, they're, 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 it's bigger than that. There are multiple supervillains. There's a mystery. Right, about I mean, how it's, it's like it's, it's, a, it's a straight up superhero book, and that people, you know, it's not. Yeah. It's not going to be yeah. like people sitting around talking for forty eight oh, pages. God, no. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! There's a lot of action. There's a lot of action, <laughs> and there are great characters. And, the, and yeah, so it's like big action. There's a giant alien pyramid floating towards Manhattan. It's going to destroy it, and like he's got to get there in time. And there's a fight going on inside it, but there's a fight going on somewhere else, and it's just. It's like really edge of your seat sort of action, very classic uh, in a good way. Yep. Uh, and then it's behind. It's like Adam Archer is like, "What am I? What am I here for?" Yep. And there's this huge, you know, celestial, you know, underpinning of it all, like the fourth world kind of stuff. Like it's just big. Yep. I mean, big. Big is the word. I bigosity. Big. You know, that's <laughs> big. My review. It's everything about this book is big, uh, and, and it never lets up. Yeah. It only gets bigger. 
Awesome. So that's Godland and Celestial Edition. It's from who? Who's the publisher? It's Image. Um, it, it, Thomas he, Joe he, Casey. Uh, Tom Scioli, uh Richard Starkings on the on the letters. Uh, I think Bill Crabtree and Nick Filardi on the colors. Colors are, are great in this book. They yep. fit it. They fit perfectly. Yep. Um, you know, I, 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 it's it's a great book. If if you if that all sounds in, interesting to you, it's better than we described it. Um, it's a really good book to start off with because it's something that has been out there that we haven't talked about. Yeah, and it, it, it's, I mean, honestly, like, I was, I was skeptical as well, and I was blown away by it. I had a lot of fun reading it, so, yeah. I, I think that the skepticism probably runs, I, I'm guessing that's caught up with a lot of people, and so I think it's, it'd be good if we can yeah. push them over the edge. If we can quell, quell that, so. Yep. Cool, excellent. Well, so I'm excited for, for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get it. So the first book of the month in the can. Good job, Josh. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> so, so who has the next? Uh, who has the next one? I forget. I do. All right, cool. I'm excited to read that. It's not going to be a Batman book, just so everyone. <laughs> awesome. He says. He says that now. <laughs> no, I, I have it here on my desk right now. I'm not telling you what it is, but it's not a Batman book. Um, <laughs> he's read all. He's done all the Batman books already. <laughs> Triptych Books was founded in early 2006 by three friends. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what a desire to bring new life to the industry of pen and paper role-playing games. At www.triptychbooks.com, you can find the introductory kit with the first two games. as a free downloadable PDF, as well as a welcoming forum, entertaining T-shirts, and all that stuff. You can find them at this year's WonderCon in San Francisco. If you're going to be there, stop by and say hi at their booth. Triptych Books, games as they should be. That's T-R-I-P-T-Y-C-H. Books and yeah, and that, that, um, that, that, sorry. And they're working on they're working on some great cool role playing games, and they really love role playing games. So it's cool to see that kind of passion going into it. So yep. you, yeah. So, so if you're gonna be in San Francisco, check them out. I'm there are two you know friendly dude, three friendly dudes, and yeah, uh, awesome. a lot more fun than you would probably think. You know, the video games are one thing, but uh, you know, watch that last episode of Freaks and Geeks. It's fun. <laughs> 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 awesome. All right, cool. So we've, we're running a little long. We've had a lot to talk about, um, but um, it's, it's been a fun show. Um, let's dive into the email before we head out. Um, our first email comes from uh, C. Kevin in Canada, also known as Luthor on iFanboy.com. Um, he writes in saying, During the original Marvel DC miniseries, there were rumors that Marvel and DC were planning on swapping two characters for a year, leading to a Marvel DC 2. Uh, the swap never happened, but I always thought it was an interesting idea. In your opinions, currently, which two characters, one from Marvel and one from DC, would be best suited to exist in the other reality for an extended period of time? And I'm going to hand this one off to Connor. Why? Because I think the answer is obvious. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I mean, this is joke case. Joke at a panel we were at in New York Comic Con. Somebody asked this question from, to the Marvel panel: Who would they like to see from the DC? Was it in New York? Which con was that? It might have been so many, so many yeah. cons. Um, but the clear answer from the panel was Batman was the one character they would they would like to see in the Marvel universe. Um, he probably fits that that grim, grim and gritty style the most. I think. I don't think he put up with that shit. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's probably the most realistic kind of uh, DC character out there. Yeah. So I think Superman needs to go there and kick the shit out of the Sentry and just end that. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm so, but who for, who from Marvel goes to DC? <laughs> Either way, you send a century. <laughs> okay, then. Send a somewhere. <laughs> Please, well, just the century is the most is the most um, DC like character. Yeah. Uh, how about how about Ghost Rider? Yeah, send him to send him to Vertigo. <laughs> I think Ghost, no, Ghost Rider. A, you could do a really good Vertigo book like that. Yeah. Uh, one he kind of fits in like with like the Dead Man and the yeah. He, he does. Me, like, DC has more of a 
uh, like you know with the specter the, the horror side of things yeah he, he really fits in that more than he does in, in the Marvel because the Marvel horror stuff is sort of fallen by the wayside yeah that's a good point very good point so cool excellent so Batman goes to Marvel the Ghost Rider goes to DC and Century's gotten rid of either way <laughs> awesome <laughs> Clint Barry writes and says, why do you guys loathe the Hulk so much? Anytime there's a new Hulk series, i.e. World War Hulk, Planet Hulk, the new Jeff Loeb series, etc., you guys immediately tear into it for, before giving it a chance. Now, Ron, you have been the more forgiving of the three, so I'll give you some credit. Thank you. The Hulk, in my opinion, represents that good old-fashioned fun that comics should bring. I don't always want some deep meaning attached to my comics. They are, they are meant to be fun, often cartoony, and sometimes... Something that, from time to time, I'll pick up to shut my brain off. Connor and Ron, like the two of you, I have been Batman and X-Men fans for long years. But even they have had some terrible years in their history. Why do you guys always look down on the Hulk character and everything the book represents? Why do you hate the Hulk so much? Number one, this is another example of one person giving an opinion and it being ascribed to all three of us. <laughs> yes. It's also, a- overstating my opinion a good deal. Josh hates the Hulk. I, I we don't all know this. This has been explained many times. He hates just the don't- Hulk and all of his fans. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and women. <laughs> I don't hate the Hulk. I just don't care. I've never like I've read a bunch of Hulk stories, and I've never been interested in it. Um, when it comes to us bashing on World War Hulk, it's because it was bad. Yeah. And yeah. At the end of it, pretty much consensus all around is that no one really liked World War Hulk. It was disappointing. I gave it a shot. Um, I, I just don't find the Hulk terribly interesting. I never have. I don't. I don't even. I don't even think it's been bad. I hear the Peter David run on the Hulk is amazing, and I've heard yeah, some of the plot. Yeah. You know some of the plots that he went through that just sounded great, but um, you know, I I love the Hulk. I've always said I love the Hulk as a character, as a concept. My problem is I don't have a lot of interest in the in the modern day Hulk for whatever reason. I think just the way they they ride him. I like the Hulk as a force of nature, and I like the Hulk as an angry beast and, a, and an examination of the inner demons that everybody's got inside them. But I don't necessarily yeah. like the the modern Hulk. Um, and I also f- feel like maybe it's possible that Peter David did kind of end the character. Yeah, you know, like he kind of told everything inter- that I think could be possibly that's interesting about the character, um, and I'm having read most of that. It's kind of like, well, there's not a lot left to do with him. Right. I think uh, it's also got to be very difficult to make the Hulk work in concert with the modern Marvel universe because if he's so unstoppable, then you've always got to think of an artificial way to stop him. Nobody's ever said he's unstoppable. That's the Juggernaut. <laughs> All right. Well, then you just put the Juggernaut up against the Hulk every time, and your problem solved. Awesome. But just don't don't poke him in the eye. That's all. <laughs> oh, you can't put a like a shield down like the NFL running backs have on their eye. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> reading the current Hulk stories. Oh. Um, I'm reading Red Hulk. Um, just because I, I can't stay away from a car wreck. Um, so calling it a car. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling it a car wreck. I don't know if it will be a car wreck or not, but it has potential to be a car wreck. So I'm I'm right there. I'm right there on the sideline. Um. I don't know. I mean, like the the thing with Hulk is that Hulk is a tough one for me. I I I, I like like Connor, like you said. I like the idea. I just for some reason I just can't I can't get into it. I've never been able to get into it, but I love it when he's in like a big story that I'm reading. So, um, like I like the fact that the Hulk exists. I'm not necessarily he's a good spice character. You know, he's someone you drop in to add spice to the story, but not yeah. necessarily you don't want to follow every month. Yeah. Um. Although I have in many I have for many years bought Hulk comics. I just haven't bought them in in, in a while because I just I keep trying them and. Bruce Jones did a good first year. Of oh God! Do you remember the Bruce Jones tease? Uh. It was really good for twelve issues, and then it got really, really bad really fast. But yeah. but it's, even that first twelve issues, the Hulk was hardly in it. It was more about the the threat of the Hulk than anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is probably the best way to use him. So yeah. I don't hate the Hulk. Josh does. He hates you, Clint Barry, and he hates women. 
<laughs> Fantastic. So if you've got anything to say about that, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. <laughs> Josh, how do you yeah. feel about gays? Uh, okay, so, so, so the... Um, <laughs> Stop! <laughs> you're, so you're um so okay so you that was me. that was the emails contact.ifanboy.com. We're gonna skip the voicemails this week because we got still more to talk about. Um, we are on the the eve of WonderCon in San Francisco. Uh, next weekend is WonderCon, oh, and I'm not people, ready. <laughs> and Josh and Connor are gonna fly out from New York, and I'm gonna walk four blocks. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's really exciting because we got a lot of fun stuff to, to cover for WonderCon. So if you're going to WonderCon, um, the panel uh, we're, there's going to be a comic podcasters extravaganza panel featuring us as well as uh, some of the guys from Comic Geek Speak around comics and uh, I Re- and Lini from I Read Comics. Um, it's at 1:30 on Saturday, um, so you want to definitely want to check that out. So the panel's at 1:30. Um, I forget what room it's in, but if you're going to WonderCon, it's in the schedule, so you can check that out. Um, but what's even cooler is that we're uh, once again second year in a row co-sponsoring the weekend's worth of parties at the isotope comics lounge um and so friday night february 22nd um we're gonna be throwing a little party there with ben templesmith and anthony johnston that's pretty cool um anthony <laughs> no i heard that too <laughs> anthony. and um and on saturday <laughs> saturday the big event at WonderCon um is the premiere of the new frontier movie uh, Darwin Cook's great uh, story, uh, great you know DC Absolute Edition story that we all love. Um, so after you go see the movie at WonderCon, head over to Isotope for the uh, the official uh, New Frontier premiere after party, featuring uh, J Bone, David Bullock, the director, and Darwin Cook. So um, we're super excited for that. Head over to iFanboy to meet Darwin Cook. Yeah, Darwin Cook's going to be there. Awesome. So, um, so head over to ifanboy.com. There's going to be a post up with all this information, as well as the bitchin' flyers for these parties. And when you yeah. see when you see the new frontier flyer, you're going to die. So um, that's all I got to say. So. All right, listen up, punks. Doing this website, everything, it's not cheap. So if you <laughs> want to buy any stuff, go to ifanboy.com/store and buy the books there if you want. Or if you want to go to Amazon through there and buy stuff, then you'll help us out and you won't have to do a damn thing. Or you could go to www.netflix.com slash ifanboy uh, if you wanted to sign up for a Netflix account starting at 499 uh, That would also help us out. So get on that, you humps. And as you, as you heard earlier in the show, you can go to ifanboy.com for all the new uh, stuff we got there. Pick of the week, book of the month, pull lists, reviews, exciting things happening there. Paul Dini and uh, Jonathan Hickman, Gordon the Intern, everybody's there now. So go yeah. check it out. And make Make sure you register and join the fun. Um, and you can also join the fun by checking out our video show. Um, our, um, every Saturday, a uh, new episode of iFanboy, the video show, comes out. And you can also catch that at revision3.com forward slash iFanboy. Um, this past week, uh, you, you saw us go back into the vault and pick some of our favorite, uh, favorite comics from our libraries. Um, and next week, we got a little show about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen featuring a Mr. Kevin O'Neill. So sure. um, that should be a fun one to watch. So. I'm going to go finish that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when I finish it, I'll be wearing my iFanboy t-shirt, which is what I wear at all times now. Uh, and I got it from going to jinx.com slash iFanboy. If you send in a picture of yourself wearing the shirt to jinx.com, you get free stickers and you'll go up on the site and then that's good. And then you can send us that too and we'll, maybe we'll do something for you. Maybe. maybe. I'm not promising anything because I don't like <laughs> uh, it. You- you can send us an email at contact.ifanboy.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Call comments, questions, concerns, discussion topics, uh, website bugs, all that stuff. 
And uh, usually we talk about how you can be our friend on the various sites. Um, but now just go to ifanboy.com and click on About Us or go to ifanboy.com slash about. And you can uh, see all the links to MySpace, Facebook, all that, you know, all the fun social Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and you could be our friend there. So one place, one stop shopping. We list all the iFanboy ones as well as all of our personal links. So go over to ifanboy.com forward slash about and be our friend. I think- I think Gordon's uh, bio paints us in an unflattering light. <laughs> well, he, he, he's been holding that stuff in for a long time. <laughs> it's coming out. And we're hosting it. And that's just not – anyway, I'm going to have a talk with him, and if you know what I mean by talk. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, so if you like the show, go over to iTunes and write a review for the video show or the audio show. Uh, but even better than that, if you just uh, you tell friends about it or you talk about it on message boards or do whatever you do, uh, thank you very much for, for letting people know about the show and uh, spreading the word. We appreciate it. IFanboy.com 3.0 is one of the first things you're going to see that's coming out of the donations you send in to go IFanboy.com slash donations. We've got a lot of stuff coming up, and that's all you're all helping directly to get that make stuff possible. So if you feel like you like the show and want to help out, IFanboy.com slash the donations. Yes, we really appreciate it, and, and, like, and we can't, un, we can't uh, overestimate the amount of help that everybody's given us in getting this stuff done and out the door. So, and it's all for you, so everybody, everybody wins. So. Yeah, yeah, we do have fun with it. I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, strippers aren't that, cheap. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> servers are not cheap. <laughs> oh, strippers, strippers. Oh, strippers. Oh, I was saying servers, but eh, either right. way. Let's see what your mind is and where my mind is. Okay. <laughs> on a first. Um, boy, boy, how about how, was that was a week? That was a week indeed. I mean, that that was a week. That was maybe that was maybe maybe the most the week 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 of. Maybe the history of my fanboy. Uh, that was a rough week, but we survived, and hopefully we're better off for it. I need a nap, though. Everybody who was around for the uh, impromptu live chat while we were building the new site, thank you for stopping by. That was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and, and maybe we'll do something like that again in the future. You never know. So. Yeah. We're not promising. We're not putting a date on it. We're certainly not putting up a cryptic post about it. <laughs> we, l- <laughs> we learned our lesson. <laughs> I haven't shaved since then, by the way. Neither have I. Uh, you haven't? I was, that was what I was going to ask. Are you still both? No, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm shaving tomorrow. So uh, so you will be for WonderCon. You will yes, be. I will be my normal look and, look and feel. For I'm, I'm considering leaving it. I'm going to see how far I can push it. Really? I'm not shaving again. Wow. <laughs> This it's is like seeing awesome. how far past E you can go in the car. I'm gonna see this how is, far. This is this is easily the farthest I've ever made it, and it's awesome. Wow, I'm impressed. People are like you look great, Josh. I was like, well, what does that mean? I looked like before. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, until next week, if we make it, <laughs> I'm Ron. Honor. <laughs> and as you learned at the beginning of the show, I'm Josh. But you won't be hearing from me again, Tom. You prick. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a fun run, Josh. Thank you. Go to hell. <laughs> Shut up.